All right, Inappropriate Earl's back, and uh, today I have a really special guest. You know, most comics I have on this show uh, are either great comics and horrific roast battlers or great roast battlers <laughs> and just awful comics. <laughs> I keep it real. You know, I, I throw no shade towards anyone in particular. Uh, this man is great at both of them. Uh, Matt Broussard, we're just, we're just going to get into it. Welcome. Yeah, well, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. It is weird. I, I I would like to comment without calling out anyone in particular. It is roast battle weirdly draws in a lot of people who are frustrated with where they are in stand up, which people was me who, at first. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, that pulled you. That that was what pulled you into. Because you get it's such a meat. It's stand up. People say stand up is like oh you just write a joke and you get a laugh. Like stand up requires like backstory and rapport. There's so much that needs to go right in stand up. In roast battling, all that needs to work is the joke. That's it. The joke stands by itself. If you wrote it well, boom, you get you get the payoff. But stand up can be so much trickier. So so roast battling can be a good uh, foot in the door. Which it was for me. So I'm a one man operation. It's okay. So I have to take pictures. Uh, I'm no Rogan Network here. This is. Uh, I hope I hope you got a good one. Yeah, I, I did, so well, you you're felt, impossible to take a bad picture of. I mean, let's be <laughs> oh, honest. You haven't seen. Uh, you might be along with Lachlan Patterson. Boy, he's uh, pretty. But you are too. It has. Uh, thank you, thank you. But Lachlan is like six four. He has the best body. He looks. His body looks identical to Brendan Fraser in George of the Jungle. Yeah, no. and he's forty five. He doesn't look it at all. No, I I am hoping to I, I'm hoping to age anywhere. In, I mean, I'd like, I'd be happy to look like that at 35. He looks so good. Uh, like my I'm biggest... a roast battle and I'm just talking about how handsome. Is. <laughs> but you know, uh, but yeah, at that time I had uh, no TV credits. So like zero. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's not really my style of humor. It's not, uh, you know, people think it is, uh, but I like to roast battle, I guess myself uh, mm -hmm. in my standup. Uh, I like if we, you and I were to ever roast battle, You've always been very nice to me. Like I, I have nothing bad to say about you. So I'd have to make it up. Likewise, yeah. Uh, and that's I find it almost phony to do that. Like uh, I, I can't make up bad things about you. <laughs> and you're an incredibly tough person to roast battle because I mean, let's be honest. And some people will say I'm kissing your ass, but it's just honesty. You're a good-looking dude. Thank you. You're incredibly smart. Debatable. Uh, by the stand-up uh, measurements, you're incredibly successful in that area. Multiple Conan appearances, Comedy Central. Yeah, but that's where it's fun to pick apart. I think everyone has. If you're an extreme, I, I, I'm kind of an extreme of something, and I think that's easy to pick apart. I would be excited to roast battle someone like me because there are things you could go after, being like, "I'm clearly a failed actor. I look like this, and I'm only doing stand-up. I clearly bomb auditions." Uh, they're, they're fun things. I love when someone can actually find a joke that isn't just, uh, you look like a date rapist or you look like, a you know, like a, an old timey racist. I really like when people, well, I know you've find got something that's actually personal. So Todd Barry had one of my favorites of the only thing you'll ever be as a game show host. That's so good. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. Like I did this crowd work show at Clusterfest and. You know, I, I'm not saying I, you know, I had an okay set because it's so, the r one rule was you no setups. You had to go right into crowd work. And uh, I think I had gone third. So pretty much the, the whole front had been, mm. uh, you know, uh, mined for material. And, uh, you know, I did okay. And Todd just shakes my hand afterwards and is like, great set. 
Oh. And I didn't know if he was fucking with me, <laughs> if he meant it, if I had bombed. I, that's what I love he's about him. He's a sweet him. guy. Oh, I he did was, his podcast. I realized, oh, he's just sweet. He just seems sarcastic constantly. Well, it's like you and Jeselnik. I, I assimilate you two very much so, where if you looked at uh, Anthony's stage persona, it's kind of a, a cocky, dark individual and he's one of the nicest people in comedy he's very sweet he's very thoughtful um, and so are you like if you uh you is know my, is my stage persona cocky well when i saw you i guess my first exposure to you was it wasn't called roast battle it was the uh, let me get this right i don't want to get sued it was uh G the jeff ross roast masters <laughs> imitational right uh because i think there was problems with uh some of the producers of roast battle there was like some power grab going on still uh, is yeah well i'm still to this day not sure what was going on but uh you know and i saw you you were just like christian bale and american psycho up there just like stone-faced yeah. you took the shots well uh and you were just had these kids like i thought you beat jimmy carr oh uh, thanks uh, who's like a legend of uh the sport with, you, i do have a bit of a persona with roast battle where I can't with stand up, I'm I'm typically trying to diffuse all of these these prejudices people might have of me, which are valid. Uh, but with roast battle, it's it's way more fun to me to just absorb all of the accusations to be like, yes, I am rich and arrogant and racist, and uh, like it's it's so much more interesting to me to just yes and any any sure. attack anyone has on me because so many of the uh, so many of the roast when people try to battle me it's predicated on something that's really a compliment. It's, it's predicated yeah. on the fact that I look privileged or look rich or something like that. So well, like, you're yeah. so attractive. You look gay. I know some sure. people hit yeah, the gay yeah. angle. Every, so yeah, when people hit the gay angle, there's usually one gay one per roast battle. And, uh, it's not, it's and you not have very a beautiful, impressive to me. Uh, is Beyonce or a girlfriend? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like, you know, Oh no, no. People always listen. We're three years in. She's, she's not ready. So, but like you, <laughs> I like you guys are like the most attractive couple. I like you Thank guys you. both work out. I mean, this that for season one of Roast Battle, when I, I was so nervous, I had to work out like six hours a day. Oh, we were working out together, but you were doing like these weird, like one legged squats. I, I only can't say do those weird because I can't do them. Uh, and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm just on the elliptical <laughs> like, listening to my shitty 80s metal trying to. 80s metal think of fat jokes or whatever about whoever i was battling and uh you know it was uh but that was my first in season it wasn't season one but uh the because it was like a pilot almost for roast battle to test the waters oh you're talking about at uh, the roast masters the non uh, the non-airing one the right. jimmy car one yeah that was i was like wow this guy's that was, amazing and that felt like that to me was a bigger deal than the tv show doing that was that was the, the the most profound experience of my career to go up there in front of everyone in comedy yeah. with jokes I had written that day. You know, that was so crazy. That was to look out in, in, in the crowd and be like, that's Olivia Munn. All right. That yeah. was, uh, that was such an insane thing. And I can, I really can't explain to people what that was like that year. 20, you're talking about 2015. 20, uh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was, uh, yeah. 25. Well, I mean, I just remember sitting at the haters table, uh, with the girl at Whitney Rice, who was, I was like, we were like the racist right. couple, I guess. Uh, I remember, I remember your Wanda Sykes joke. She did not like us. Uh, no, but like, like the I, I don't think like she, I don't think it was explained to her what the show was. You know, it's uh, Jack Knight has since talked to her because he's been working with her. 
because she picked apart our battle and she was like, oh, I just didn't understand. I thought they had flown all of you out there just for that. I didn't realize it was pieced together from people who were performing on other things. Yeah. And she, she, uh, I think she m more or less said that she felt bad for not understanding the, w what it was. I mean, I felt bad for Jack because I remember uh, she, she was basically saying, you're not funny. Right. And, she said and, to both of us, she said I, I was just less not funny. So she voted for me. <laughs> and it was like, uh, like you said, like everyone was in the room because I think we were the last show every night. Yeah. So everyone, everyone was done. So every comic came there. Like Chappelle. Todd Chappelle Barry, was in the audience. Uh, Dalia was there. Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. Uh, it was I mean, insane. Uh, Michael Fassbender was there. Uh, Brett, uh, not Brett Rogers. What's the quarterback who was dating Olivia Munn? Brett Rogers? Am I? Uh, That's probably correct. And the Packers. Uh, and uh, for me, I had never been. I had done no late night. I had like one TV credit under my belt. No one had seen me. And to be seen by all of industry all at once yeah. like that was crazy to me. Thank God I put a good foot forward. Oh yeah, yeah, I but mean, that was uh, that was insane. That's it's something you kind of backtracked to something you said earlier because I haven't heard someone else say this. I do roasts, I, I like them, but it's not my first thing. I like I don't I don't take much joy out of insulting people. Yeah, I I love roasting for just the joke writing of it. You could I I enjoy boast rattle the compliment contest right. as much as roast battle just because you get to go up there and take a joke, and you don't have to set it up. You don't have to earn any. You don't have to like earn the crowd's trust or anything. You just go up there and tell a joke. It's almost like reading your best tweets. You yes. know, it's and, and the jokes are a lot of the jokes that work in roast battle are too cheesy to do with standups. They're basically I think a lot of comedy is is contrast when something has a lot of contrast built in. And what's funny about roast battle jokes is it's based on something so horrific like rape or racism <laughs> or abortions. But then the joke structure is like a laffy taffy joke it's right. just like a turn on a pun or like a little subtle shift in misdirection and and that's what's funny of something so dark versus something so light well that's why i like it when the the roasters themselves are a contrast like when you have like uh say ralphie may and with god the rest in peace ralphie was the best mm -hmm. but uh maybe against the guy who's in shape like you against ralphie that i would have been fun just uh the, the the i'm a visual person so to see like uh k trevor wilson against hinchcliffe was funny to me uh, yeah that's funny you know and then a me, bowling ball versus a pen <laughs> But me, me against jimmy carr in terms of uh suaveness yeah. like he's this super like just he's perfect you're his like, stoner brother who still lives yeah. with the parents yeah uh he was like hey win or lose don't hug me after the battle because this ah. is a three thousand dollar suit i'm like ah. okay no problem see he owns i love when people can own that persona i don't think he was kidding yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i love him like uh but he's so fucking intimidating to me he's just like He's he's so quick witted. Yeah, I mean, he's it, really on. I've, everything I've done with him, the second, the second there's an audience or a camera turned on, he is so fast. Yeah, yeah. And he uh, like that whole day in Montreal, he was following me around, uh, just because he didn't want to. He wanted to see what I was doing the whole day. He wanted to oh, pick up he any to research. Uh, I went to uh, go tell Coach T what music I wanted. It was just this wrestler's theme song, and he was right behind me. I had no idea how he got behind me so far. Like he, he's like a fucking ghost. Uh, it is. It, it is weird when people take roast battles competitively. I do myself well, competitively on a person. I, I want to win, but like when you actually feel some type of antagonistic thing towards the other person. Because my best battles are when I like the other person. When I actually kind of hate the person, 
I don't write as well. I write more mean than funny, and that doesn't work. Right. I mean, I've only battled one person I genuinely disliked. And you're right. I, we were just shitting on each other. I mean, I don't know how yeah. he took it, but like, I was just like, oh, I hate this guy. I'm going to come up with the meanest jokes. I mean, they're funny, but they're more like, just not yeah i've i've not liked people going into battles a little bit and then afterwards all something about the battling process has really made me very close with the people who i've battled yeah well it's it's it is a hard um i don't think especially when it's on tv and you know you're on comedy central and they've turned the stage into an octagon basically and the thousands are not that but you know hundreds of people watching there and you figure out i don't know how many people watch it but a couple hundred thousand people at, at home like mm -hmm. it, it's fucking scary yeah you know, the live thing was the craziest. Yeah, because they're giving you rules too, like you know, hey, you can't use this word and and that word, and like you know, Earl, we don't want you oiling up again because you ruined the mic. I'm like, well, that's my thing. Like, <laughs> I have to do the sideshow stuff because I'm not comfortable with just telling mean jokes. Like, it's the I wish I could. I wish I had the comfort to do the sideshow stuff. I wish I could do like a big fun introduction. I was like, well, what if it goes wrong and then my jokes don't work? Well, yeah, I mean, that happened once against Benji Aflalo at the uh, the weekly show at the store. Mm -hmm. Like, I planned this elaborate wrestling intro that I saw on TV, and it bombed. It just, like, and Al Madrigal was judging, and Al's very hardcore. Like, he's honest. So he's like, well, that sucked. And I'm like, oh, this is before the battle. Uh, that's, that's a weird pet peeve of mine. I don't like, maybe I've done it a couple times, but I don't ever want to just be, like, not good. I feel like because there's no bounce back from not good. If someone's joke misses, I, even in conversation, if you if we were all in a group at a party and you said a joke that didn't land, the, I would I would try to throw another joke on top of right. it to get a laugh so that you felt okay. But just if you, you told the joke and went flat and I was like, womp, womp, that's just a shitty thing to do because it's a guaranteed laugh for you and you have no recourse. Right. You know what I'm talking about? So when judges are just like, well, that's, I would like, even as a judge, I was like, I'd rather make fun of you and get a laugh right. out of making fun of you than just be like, you're not funny. Well, I mean, in this particular case, Al was right. It was just, <laughs> you know, I told a couple Did, open micers what I wanted them to do. And uh -huh. I don't mean open micers in a I know what you way, mean. I know, I know what you're saying. You newer to comics. That. Yeah, yeah. But I... I comics uh, eager for opportunities. Yes. Because I hate, like, uh, like I met this uh, character actor at the airport once and I said, you're my favorite character actor. And I... I wanted to take it back almost instantly because, yeah. well, that's probably insulting to him. Uh, yeah. And again, just being, maybe people get insulted by weird stuff. I am, I I get insulted by like compliments sometimes where I'm just like, what the fuck did that mean? And then right. like, I say it to my girlfriend, she's like, what are you bitching about? Like, right. Oh, I'm sorry. You make a living out of this thing you love. And then someone tried to write you off as something else. Now, when you roast, and we're just going to talk about roast battle for Wait, a little bit. Real quick question. Please. Al Magical, when he insulted what you did, what? did he do it as a joke or did he just say that sucked? Because if he did it as a joke, if he made it into a thing that got a laugh, then I can commend that guy because you're at least creating something. Well, you're creating funny. I mean, the, the entrance was so horrible uh, that. Uh, I think he was half and half. I think he meant, wow, that sucked. But I think he was doing it to maybe set me up to maybe go after him and get the okay. room going. Uh, because what the entrance was, was, uh, and you, I'm assuming you don't follow pro wrestling. It's way too deep. 
for you. I won't. I, I probably won't know this. No. Well, uh, there's a wrestler named Sting, and he wears like kiss. Yes, kiss like. Uh, yes. Uh, more. It's actually more based on uh, the crow. Right. Yeah. Um. Uh. So there was this one match where uh, they were beating up his friend. And then out of the crowd came like all these different stings and none of them were the real sting until the last one. So he takes off his fake mask and it's him. Uh, so I thought, well, I'll buy, I went, I literally went on the WWE's website and I bought 10 sting masks and I passed uh, them out to open uh, uh, comics eager for an opportunity. And I said, at expense I, to injury. <laughs> I was like, okay, you come in from the belly room bathroom. You come in from the stairs, you come in from the back stairs and you like surround my opponent and then uh, Benji and then I'll come in last and take off my mask and the room will go fucking nuts. And they all just stood in a single file line and went on, walked up to the stage. And so it it's was, their fault. Well, I, I probably wasn't exactly Spielberg in my directions. <laughs> uh, and then it just just didn't work so i, I like that idea a lot it was extravagant and if it i just thought it would kill you know uh but you know with roast battle like i did uh cluster fest uh, they did a big roast battle and how was so, that um well i wanted the toughest opponent i could get so i asked for robin tran the transgender comic mm -hmm. i know her yeah oh she's great she's great uh, and uh and it's that visual of too. you know here i am some big hulking white guy with a beard now and she's like kind of a demure asian woman uh and i came out in a dress and <laughs> uh, and it, it's it, so ignorant that it's intelligent oh absolutely <laughs> i i wanted to be so buffoonish to this crowd and it's it was a very liberal crowd which was my first mistake and uh, didn't get a laugh there's just nothing and then i was like hey it's uh Great to be here battling Robin. A lot of people don't know her uh, pussy's named after this festival. Uh, Nothing. 4,000 people or whatever it was. And then I'm like, hey, where are my fags, fans at? Nothing. <laughs> and they hated me. So, But those three jokes, uh, this is going to win me the battle. So with roast, have you ever done a roast battle joke where you thought was going to be a home run? Every joke I write, I think, is a home run. And about... <laughs> I would say after lots of testing, like lots of running it by friends and getting my ranking down for like the jokes I want to use, one out of four still doesn't work. And that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a good night. But that's it, tough in a one round. Uh, I mean, basically the TV show is one that's, round. That's why I, but I always throw two or three jokes right. into every turn. So it's like, I'm going to tell. So I have, I have like a, a flow chart of like, this is my opening joke. If that, if that punchline misses, I'm going to jam straight into another punchline right. that seems connected. And I'll go until one of them really hits, and then I'll pull back. Unless I feel really confident, I can sneak one more tag in. But I, I build trap doors in right. case, uh, in case, in case one misses. I have this next. I've done it a lot. I mean, I usually my first joke is planned. It's just like the right. The, my first joke is usually my shortest joke. Right. And very visual. See, all my jokes are short because you're a wordsmith, and I'm. You know, I'm sure I, I like to go short as well. But I like to do if if my joke is long, then it's three beats. I'll try right. to do like three punchlines. I mean, uh, and then the first, and then I'm a counterpuncher. Like I wait to see what they say about me, and like I, like we're similar from the standpoint of like you know where you're gonna get hit, your looks, your brain. Yeah, and I plan uh, your TV. Career. Okay, one gay joke, one rape, red date rape joke, and one racist right. joke is what I expect in every battle. Then like me, it's like the age because I think I'm the oldest roaster mm -hmm. of the people who 
do it at you know actively. some creepy thing i feel like they always try to do like a creepy yeah Tiana, type thing well because my last uh couple girlfriends have been you know significantly younger legal oh fun. Uh, but uh so they go like the sarah tiana had some funny uh he likes girls <laughs> has pictures of them on his hard drive and I'm, yeah fine. i had no comeback for that uh yeah so i mean we're i think that's why we're both hard to battle because we know what's coming uh but you know we all can lose and shit so i did i think i've yeah i plan rebuttals my battle against mike mike lawrence i remember i did a rebuttal that it was a joke i was going to do either way but then i was like you just gave me you just handed me right i mean i try and uh bait people into okay do an age joke because and i always say this and whenever i talk about the show because unless it's matt broussard or uh, lachlan i'm probably going to be physically better looking uh at least in shape wise and mm. so if you want to call me old you know go ahead because let's go into your looks chief yeah uh so it's that's the fun part for me is i i don't really like the the writing mean jokes of someone you like, but I like the strategy. I, the strategy is really fun. I am sad to say I have never improvised a joke in a roast battle because I've done them mostly for uh, for Comedy Central or for right. festivals, so I'm just too nervous to like step out of line. If I was doing more in the belly room or at the clubs, right. I think I would like to just – because I'm getting – since I've moved to New York, I've gotten faster and wittier at right. you know, jokes on the spot. So I love to do like panel shows now where I can just throw in a joke the second right. I think of it. But I've I, I've yet to do so in a roast battle. I'm very sad about that because I, I feel like I'm 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 ten times more creative when I'm there on the spot right. in the situation when I'm planning for it. Well, I mean, roast battles weird on the road when they travel with it. It's like you know, like Frisco. I don't think they got it. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, there were two drag queens at roast battle, and they were really funny. But I, I think the crowd was like, why are they saying mean things about each other? And Drag then, queens are so much funnier than regular people. <laughs> I mean, they were more talking shit than like actual jokes, but it was I found it funny. And then uh, Guy Branham battled uh, Rosebud Baker and she That's beat good. him. It was a great, like for me, it was, Rosebud's a very strong writer. Oh, you could tell like. Uh, so was Guy, but Rosebud's pretty good at roasting. Uh, or well, it's, it's not pretty good obviously she's very good but i think she might even be more like at that skill than guy guy is guy is phenomenal though well the guy is such a showman like he had yeah. these two like I, i'm assuming they were gay uh background dancers great bodies and the and the black gentleman had like the biggest dick i've ever seen in my life and it's just like out there and so I, you know, it's it was very distracting to listen to his joke. It's like a ten inch hammer right next That's to you. That's so funny. Uh, and then Mike Lawrence and Jamar battled, which was so funny to me. Oh, two, two different styles. Who won? Uh, Mike Lawrence won, but it was very very close. Nice, because Jamar does him. I think Jamar improvs on TV, on on in the local shows when he battled. He just wings it. I loved. Um, Jamar had a joke about Yamanika. I think it was, it was Yamanika, right? Right. Of uh, yeah, I mean, all of all of Yamanika's toes are big toes, <laughs> <laughs> and I I betting you he made that up on the spot. Wow, There's that's only, a phenomenal joke. That's it. Him and George Perez are the only two I think that don't prepare a lot. Yeah, and so many people think they're that. So few are. Oh yeah, I mean, people think probably uh, Mike Lawrence just he's so, such a brilliant writer that he kind of went. He Mike is very precise with no, his. Mike plans. Uh, I've, I've I've gotten to like see how Mike's mind works in preparation for battles, and he's just like he'll be like, 
I need to attack him on this front. Right. I've hit him on these three fronts, and this is the fourth angle of attack. I need to hit him from all four walls, and this is the way I need to get him from on this last choke. So I'm really trying to figure out what to do with that last one. Like that's so cool. Just think of it that way. I mean, he's like so precise and just looks every. I just look at one angle. Okay. Yeah. This guy's fat. I'll hit him on that. Mike's like, okay, well, he's fat. But is he having marital problems too? Right. Like, it's like, oh fuck. Exactly. Uh, he was talking about I'm revealing a little bit much, but Caitlyn Jenner's on the roast. And I right. texted him a little bit because we're writing uh we're we're part of the writing staff and we're right. talking about Caitlyn Jenner. And he was saying, I do not want to just do trans jokes that could work on any trans person. Right. Like I want to hit her for being trans and Republican. Like that's sure. more interesting. Yeah, it's very. Am uh, I gonna get in trouble for saying that? Oh no, <laughs> okay. I mean I'm uh, helping Dr. Ken. Uh oh, okay. just because it's not his uh, usual foray, I guess. Yeah, everyone, that's the thing. People, everyone gets help. Even the comedians oh, yeah. are working with friends. I mean, I've worked with friends on every roast battle. Oh my god, I'm probably the worst offender of. Uh, but as, then again, I've helped a lot of people. Oh, I yeah. love to help people write for roast battles. Well, it's fun because you know you're like a coach. Yeah. Like, well, if I was doing the battle, this is who uh, you know. And people send me their jokes all the time, which I find funny because I'm not known. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I, I'll say this about myself. I'm more of a performer than a writer. Uh, Interesting. So uh, I, I'm like, I don't know why you're sending me these jokes, but these are the ones I would do. And I would also have balloons coming out of your ass. And yeah. Like, uh, That's funny. But uh, like with Dr. Ken, he's, uh, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. He's a stand-up. Like that's yeah. that's what I was excited when they added him to the dais. I was like, because for every person we have on that dais, that's not a comedian. That's someone for every every person we have that's a comedian on that dais, that's someone who knows how to tell jokes can, and can add oh, something absolutely. to every joke we can give. The, like when you write a joke, it's just words on paper. The delivery is a whole other level. It's like with film; like the script sure. is one thing, but then the director adds something to it, and the, and the actors add something to it, and the, and the designers and the lighting and the makeup all add something to it. So when you add a comedian, they can someone like Ken Jong, someone like Raya Butcher, right. not Butcher, Raya Ah, Raya is a great comedian. Uh, who just got added to the uh, dais. Oh, okay. Because I know they Ray, were... Uh, old school comedian. She was on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I don't... I never watched that show. You know who she is. She's a blonde woman. Was a pretty big stand-up in the 90s. Let me look that up while we talk a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to look up... Uh, that must be breaking news. because That's I was... news. She... Yes, she's on the dais now. Um, when does this come out? Uh, in about two hours. Okay. So... Uh, well, you know, it's an interesting dais because it's like full of like outside of De Niro and Caitlin, uh, it's like people who are obviously famous, but they're not necessarily the most known. So at least that's how I look. Like, uh, you know, Chris Red's Chris Red on SNL, but he's like on SNL and Nikki's such a such a pro. Oh, I'm excited she's... to see Chris and what Chris will bring to it. Yeah, and but I th- but Ken's a comedian. Uh, Ray is a comedian. Uh, Blake Griffin is is a comedian. I mean, I think he's a wild card. I think he'll either kill or uh, not do that well just because he's very funny. He's very funny, and he knows how to tell a joke, which is a strangely hard thing to do. Oh, it's incredibly hard. Took me fucking yeah. a decade. Uh, but like roasting and, and roast battle, uh, I mean, it's a different skill set. I liken it to... Uh, but he did well against Jeff. 
He did. Uh, I, I mean, uh, and he had a joke that was a pure act out. He has a joke that was purely physical that I couldn't have delivered. Remember his joke where he goes, "The last woman uh, Jeff had sex with." Let's think. Let's think. And then he's, he 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 leans down, and then he crouches, and then he lays flat on the ground. And it was a, it was a minute long joke that was purely the physicality of sprawling himself out, <laughs> trying to remember the last person Jeff had sex with. <laughs> That's a hard joke to deliver. That's oh, a yeah. physical act out. I could not do that. So I'm excited to work with him. I mean, there's so many people on this day. De Niro, I think a lot of people are assuming he's not going to be good, but he could be a wild card. And 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 uh, with his acting chops, pull it off. He'll Caitlin, be funny. I mean, I, Caitlin, I'm, let's see. But then we all thought Martha Stewart wasn't going to be funny, and she's one of the best of all time. I'm one the most, of the best roasts. Yeah, I mean, she she was great. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely the most concerned about her five minutes just because uh, I, I didn't find her that funny on the Kardashians. Caroline Ray, I'm sorry. Caroline Ray, okay. The blonde. Yes. She was also, she hosted something else. Uh, the Caroline Ray show, I believe. There you go. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, she she but she was like the biggest loser host or like uh, she did something Likely. with the biggest loser. Now I'm wondering uh, if that's public news yet. Okay, well, I'll, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I've been known to go rogue on Comedy Central, right. <laughs> so, uh, well, check back with me and I'll hold off on the release. Okay, I'll, I'll let you know. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a great roast. I mean, it's, it's, and the writings that guys like you and Mike Lawrence and uh, Sarah Tiana and right. Willie Hunter's been brought in, who's yeah. like brilliant. I've, this is my first writing job ever um i've ever had i'm here i'm here writing for it and you, it's funny so 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 often in comedy i'm like i deserve this thing I, I want this thing i should have this thing and then when you get it and you see how rare it is that people actually get it you're like oh yeah wow i don't deserve this and when i got this job i was like good yeah i should be writing for a roast and i looked at who else i'm working with i'm like these are all people who independently have followings and fan bases yeah. off their comedy, off specifically their roasting. Tiana, Aflalo, Mike Lawrence, Rosebud. These are yeah. these are this would be a great lineup for a show. Oh, for and sure. These are my colleagues. Like I'm I'm really honored. I mean, to all be in these bunch. All these those writers. Spadden, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if he's doing this one, but he does with them. Yeah, uh, he's very good at writing roast jokes. Uh, so, I mean, the writing, the talents, I think it's going to be one of the better roasts because uh, Alec Baldwin's so ripe for the picking, I think, you know, just because he's so unliked by most most of the business uh, just because of his uh, can cantankerous attitude. So now let's get, let's cross over into comedy. We talk about comedy and roast battle being different. What's the difference in writing? Like when you get a Conan set, say Conan calls you tomorrow, says, "Hey, uh, you got a spot in two weeks," or, or how, what, whatever the process is. How do you go about writing a stand-up set? I mean, I already have it. I'm constantly writing, right. so I know what my next late-night set would be, and I have an idea of the one after that. And then if you had me to do, ask me to do a third one, I have no idea what I do. I probably don't have it. But what's the, uh, I'm always fascinated, because I saw Ian Bag once, I went with him when he did, uh, I believe it was Ferguson, uh, a couple of years ago, and it was fascinating to see the process, like, live, it's like how they, uh, you know, they put the cue cards of his jokes, as well, you can't do that one, because you say that word, and it, I mean, they were giving him direction up until he walked out, basically, is it similar? I've never had that, I've, I've had a pretty good, so with Conan, I had, it's cable, so they gave me a long leash, right, and I had very little oversight. I I just JP had reached out and said, "Would you like to do it?" It was I was having a good summer. I had just booked like a half hour, 
Um, and um, I said, yeah. And I said, I, I would like to do uh, my, my gynecology jokes with maybe like the CrossFit joke to open it. He goes, sounds good. And he's, he's such a, a savvy guy. He had watched so many of my sets already because he goes to so many shows that he knew which jokes I was talking about right. and knew it didn't cross the line. I was like, you need a tape? He was like, no, just make sure it's under five. See you there. Because if anything goes wrong, they can bleep it. But he knew he knew the material I wanted to do. Right. And he knew it didn't cross any lines. Uh, uh, Fallon, I did three years later. So I did it earlier this year. And uh, I know that was cleaner. So I, I ran into the booker for that. And he was actually at a show. He was like, are you interested in submitting a set? I said, I, I am. And uh, I went on stage and did, I, I quickly scrambled together the cleanest five I could do and open with that. And when I got off stage, he was like, that opening five was solid. Let's, let's go with that. Type it up, submit it to me. And uh, we'll see how quickly we can get you on. And I think he had me like two weeks later. And uh, I never got him a tape, but I transcripted the whole thing. And he said it was, it was fine. I didn't, yeah, I, the, that, the, none of the set pushed any boundaries. So. And do they have the cue cards? Uh, I know Ferguson did, but like, do they have? I think they gave me bullet points, but I don't, I don't think I looked at them. Right. Um, yeah, looking at them would be more of a distraction uh so that was my process for that but i was lucky i don't think i have i don't think i could do fallon again i don't think i have a set that's that clean that i could do again he likes it a little cleaner than uh, well yeah yeah well ne it, fallon and, and and colbert are the cleanest because it's it's network prime time and what are the uh, dirt not dirtiest per well, se but what are the, the longest liberal? leash is, is conan because it's it's cable they can bleep it right. and then cordon and myers have a longer leash because it's later right um so I think that's the spectrum of that. Are there any other late night sets at this point? I mean, I know Kimmel. Uh, Kimmel, right. Kimmel would also have a long leash. I mean, ever since Rob Delaney maybe didn't have the greatest set, they've cut back. Right. Uh, severely. I don't even know if they're currently doing it. I mean, I know uh, someone did it maybe within the last few months, but they definitely have cut. I don't know if it's all because of Rob Delaney, but, uh, you know, I don't think they, uh, after that, they definitely cut down in the stand-up mm -hmm. sets. Uh, now, do you remember your very first time doing a late night spot? It was Conan, yeah, 2016. Because I'm always fascinated by this because you uh, hear about when people did Carson, they were just standing behind the curtain and they get kind of the tap. And they, what's like, are you behind the curtain and they give you a tap? I was nervous, but I should have been more nervous. Um, I was a little, in my mind, I was a little over it because I wanted it for a while. And I, I got the half hour first. And to me, the half hour is like, oh, I got the half hour. That's an equivalent credit. This is just a, a cool uh, accolade on top of that. And I didn't, I didn't think, for some reason, I assumed it wouldn't move. Uh, I didn't think it would be a watershed event for me. I, I didn't think the set was that phenomenal that it would get me uh, like a lot of fans or anything. Um, and uh, so I was backstage. I was, I was nervous. I was obviously nervous. Um, are people talking to you back there? Or are you? I was alone? standing with two. Uh, what, what do we call them? Stagehands. Okay. Two grizzled look dock worker looker <laughs> guys, and they're standing there holding the, uh, holding the curtains. And uh, uh, they go, "How you doing?" I said, D "Doing great." And they go, uh, "Good luck out there." I go, "Yeah, it's my first time." They're like, "Well, you look, you look like you're doing okay." I was like, "I'm, I'm pretty nervous. Am I? How am I? How do I compare to to most people? Like, you seem more chill than most." I'm like, "Do other people get really nervous?" They go, yeah, people get freak out back here. I said, who? He goes, the people you would least expect right. get the most nervous. And this was such a cool thing to hear. He goes, the people who have done this the most times, who are the most famous, are the ones who are freaking out like crazy back here. 
they said they said they wouldn't name any names and they said i'm sorry about that we'll, we'll, we'll stop talking I, I don't know if you want to like and i said no please keep talking to me until you shove me out there because i don't want to be in my head right now i right. want to be anywhere else so we just talked up until they called my name and it was a really cool interaction i'm very happy i took the time out to talk to those two because i learned something that probably only they know right. about comedians and the comedians don't even know about comedians and how many the seinfelds the Maniscalco's. Right. And and uh, and Regans are the ones who are like, ah. <laughs> right, right. How many times did you go over that first set? Like, not that many. I ran it for like a week, and I remember three days out, I was really losing steam on that set because I was running it in L.A. And in L.A., crowds don't like structured sets. Here is what I'm really starting to learn. Right. No one wants to hear you do a perfectly pieced together set, start to finish, one, two, three, four, five. Um, and the more I ran it, the staler it was getting. So I started to really doubt the material. And, and you always have, whenever you're preparing for a late night set in that one moment, of like, what, what if this is all wrong? What if these are all the wrong jokes? What if I'm making all these big mistakes? And I think two nights out, I was just like, I'm going to take the night off before. Right. The night before that, I'm going to go out and do everything but this material. Right. So that's what I did. And then when I went on stage, I was really excited for the material again. And, and uh, the set went well. I remember leaving, feeling like, that was good. I didn't bomb. All I wanted to do was not bomb. And that was definitely not a bomb. I don't think it was a kill. It was not a bomb. And I got, you know, lovely feedback on Twitter that night. And then a few months later, my brother posted it on Reddit. And that changed my life. Uh, I, after Roast Battle, refused to go on Reddit because... Uh, <laughs> They're awful. Well, I, re I, I read maybe the first two comments and then stop after that. Well, I didn't know what Reddit was. I, I still don't really know. Uh, it's like a wacky chat room, but uh, the, it's like, uh, it was brutal. Like, I was like, wow, this sucks. Yeah. I'm not going on this again. Uh but uh, how did you prepare for the half hour? Half it, hour. Because in LA, it, I don't think people understand. It's very hard to get longer sets. So, I mean, did you get to run it? Uh, I had to run it in portions. Because I knew my, I knew there were two chunks of it that I knew were really strong. And then there was a third chunk, third and fourth chunk that I was like, these I haven't done. And these, these are jokes I've only been doing in longer sets. Those jokes that get shuffled back to the end of your headliner set kind of because because right. you're done with them you're not going to add too much to them you like you know, it's the i like but it was like i don't do those in la very much i remember having to run those independently and just seeing where the weak points were and uh getting to do that and i ran it once at uh flappers and i wish i hadn't ran it with uh, emily heller we both did a full-length version and i was just like well this is i get to see the worst version of this which right. is good sometimes it's sometimes it's good, good to bomb it because then you can, you can, you know, you're like, well, the taping crowd will definitely be better than this. And I remember I really was happy with how my half hour went, or at least the first 12 minutes. I was like, this is magic. They're, everything's working the way I want it to. And then it slowed down, but they edited it to make it look fine. Where was that done at? The half New hour? Orleans, New Orleans, one of the best crowds I've ever performed in front of. I had done those jokes so many times. And I remember there was just a quick line of a a quick line in a joke where it was like a college kid talking about like the economy and i was like slow down atlas shrugged which is a quick line of the joke and it got a laughter that i had to stop for which i'm used to the joke getting like a ha ha, ha. it was like wow these guys really like that part of the joke and that's one of my you know you, you know if you have parts of jokes that are kind of more for you oh absolutely and on the night the crowd is as into that part of the joke as you. it was one of those nights where i really really liked the crowd and uh going, that was a that was not a watershed event for me my half hour i got like some feedback for like a week or two and that was it yeah because i think people just assume uh you know they see that old david brenner interview where he talks about getting the tonight show the first time 
and like the next day he had a year's worth of road work and tv offers and movies and and that's just uh you know that's when the tonight show was the only basically only show on tv that did comedy so uh i I still see people who get late night shows and they're they're walking around two days later like why hasn't anyone called me why why aren't i uh like how how did your like because i want you've done it uh and i want the comics this is more a question and answer for the comics out there like how what happened the next day after you did conan or your special did you get like offers to do other things or did it take a while um that was i got i remember there being nice feedback and getting some compliments and not knowing what was a, a genuine compliment or not that's the weird thing when you get compliments from the comedians are like yeah but what else are you gonna say um and just being like you know what I, I did it i crossed off that i checked that box good for me let's just keep writing let's just keep rolling let's keep doing sets and hopefully use this to get for me it was at that point it was more about just getting on more shows around la being able right. to use that to get, get that does more. help it does help those things help among comics in la and then my uh my agent is very good so typically when i'm doing something like that before i've done it he's already gotten offers like if right. like he got more weekends club weekends for me in anticipation of the tonight show then after it aired because that's right. how this business works based on anticipation well sure um but yeah nothing really changed until the reddit thing and when it went on reddit it made the top video on our videos and it was in the top four of the whole website it got a million views in like two days and followers and messages and it was it was a really i've never received that kind of feedback for my work it made me feel really wonderful um, and that, that changed, I got recognized for it a couple times. I remember I went to Colorado, I was hiking up a mountain and a couple recognized me. And that was the first time I was like, oh, I guess people have like, now people might actually come to my shows knowing my stand up rather than just performing to, uh, papered rooms. Right. Uh, right? Cause before I'd done Adam Devine's house party. That was my other TV thing. Which and is I'd a done, big, uh, it was a big show at the time for comedy. It was, it was, yeah, but it still wasn't a ton of people who had seen it or, and my set was okay. So it wasn't like people were like, I got to see him live. Right. Um, and I'd done MTV, but. What did you do on MTV? I was on Guy Code in the last season of Guy Code. I don't think I was very strong on that cast. And then I hosted a show called Not Exactly News, eight episodes, one season with Damian Lemon and David Ebert and uh, Julia Kelly. And that got canceled because no one watched it. And um, it, it also wasn't my style of comedy that I was doing on that show. I was just doing, they just kind of hired me to be the host of this show. And it was well-written, but. It was a clip show and um, that didn't, I think I got a free calzone because a girl in New York recognized me. Hey. So that's, you know, no, I was, that that calzone tasted all the better knowing I'd earned it. And up to that point, really nothing. And Conan was the first time, so Conan specifically on Reddit, because it's not just doing these sets. Uh, what, what's happening now is you look at people like Caleb Sinan, um, and they, they, they don't just do their set. They take their set and pull apart 30 second clips or 60 second clips and put them on uh, Instagram, and that's way bigger. Really? You look at Alignan Mitra, who takes, he just takes clips from his sets, because we get more Comedy Central, we're doing This Week at the Cellar now with Comedy Central, and they do, they do about a quarter million views per episode, but the online clips hit tens of millions of views. Uh, I think they did, for the last season, they had 19 million views on all the online clips. So what, what that has allowed people to do now is release comedy singles. Right. This is like, check out this 30-second track. So that's now what's happening. So it's not just the late-night sets anymore. It's how to put that in a place on the internet where people who like it will see it and share it. 
I mean, I know that's what uh, happened with Roast Battle. It's like I, I, I think the ratings yeah. were okay uh, for all three seasons. Yeah. Uh, no, that not. was the biggest thing. Biggest thing I've done to date is Roast Battle, by the way. In terms of if I look at like when I got the biggest followings and oh, where yeah. people recognize me from, it was season season two of Roast Battle. Oh yeah, I mean, I still get uh, I people. I feel bad for Mike Lawrence because people go up to me and go, especially when I have a beard. <laughs> and like, hey, congrats on winning! I'm like, uh, I thank you third, uh, but thanks. <laughs> uh, now you recently did a move that I wouldn't have the balls to do because I'm a pussy in some areas of my life. Oh, I, I was I the same. My girlfriend made me. Well, what I'm talking about for you people is, uh, and I, I'm a native uh, Los Angelian. Uh, I love this city, but it's probably the worst city in the world to start and to do comedy in just because there's... It's hard to get better. Well, it's hard to get better, and unless you have TV credits, uh, it, it's hard to get on at the store, the improv, or the factory. It's just, you know, part of the game, and uh, you moved to New York. I moved to New York. Interesting which, thing on this the, the store... I was listening to an interview with Anthony Jaslinick and he was talking about living in LA and performing right. at the store. And he said, just hum humbly, but sincerely, he said, uh, he goes, yeah, the store's great. I love going there. Uh, most of the people are there to see, you know, Joe Rogan and Theo Vaughn. They're not there to see me, but you know, they're a good crowd. I'm like, Jaslinick isn't famous enough to feel. <laughs> I would disagree with him. I think a lot of people, people like him, but it's predominantly there. Even, even, Jeslinick isn't a big fish here. Not, yeah, not truly. Not compared to Joe Rogan. Not compared to Theo Vaughn. Not compared to Crystalia. And that's who you're competing with every night for stage yeah. time. I mean, Joe's so, yeah. like, Joe's like uh, you know, taking over all forms of media. I mean, the podcast has just put him in. He's such bigger a than level. television networks. Like, he's I more would, powerful than I won't yeah. name networks, but oh, he's more sure. powerful than some pretty known networks. I mean. Um, I had a manager reach out to me uh, recently. Said, uh, you know, in your fantasy world, or I can get you on anything, uh, you, you know, within reason. Uh, I'm like Rogan. Yeah, and that's tough because I know he doesn't like to be kind of fed. Like, hey, you should have Matt Broussard on or Earl on. He had a. Uh, it 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 pains me so much. I love Frank Castillo. He's a dear friend and a great comic. Oh, he's great. But losing to him cost me ten thousand dollars. Because that was the difference in prize money. Right. Oh, I know. And it cost me a little bit of notoriety. I, I still got the same FaceTime. And but he got from winning that, he went on Joe Rogan. And I don't know if winning that would have put me on Joe or if Joe just like Frank would have had him either way. But it's like, wow, imagine if you had won that and then gone on Joe Rogan. <laughs> How different your life would be right now. <laughs> well, he loves roast battle. So I think yeah. he would have put you. I think he would have put whatever winner on. Uh I mean, anytime he mentions my name, I get a hundred. Just to show you how powerful that podcast is, he'll say, "Oh, I loved Earl's entrance against whoever." A couple hundred followers. That's insane. It just not even. You know what it takes on. me to get a hundred followers. It takes me like posting a, a like my best joke from a late night set, and I might get a hundred followers. Like that's so much work for me to get a hundred followers. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, i'm in the same boat with you like roast battle probably got me in those three days i got two thousand new followers That's which great numbers at the time i only had like six thousand yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's uh and if you can there's the thing if you can hit a hundred thousand followers you can really start touring with numbers yeah. like that that people oh, are like oh sure. well what's the difference between 50 yeah people people when they hear people talking about like you know 10k followers or 50k or 100k a lot of people are like oh that sounds fine or i or maybe that sounds like not that much it's there there are differences there are different oh, levels sure. of financial stability and and power and 
and and options you have. When you have a hundred, you can start booking like acting roles just because they think you'll draw people in. Oh yeah, you'll get offers. You don't have to audition. I mean, uh, even when I signed with my voiceover agency, the first question they asked were, uh, "How many Twitter followers do you have? How many Instagram?" I mean, they're like one of the top, if not the top one. So I didn't mind answering the questions, right? And it's it's a real thing. But it was like, well, I how about my voice? That should be like right. That that should be the selling point, right? But uh, I think New York's the best city to do comedy in. It's but. people said it was triple to quadruple the stage time, which you know obviously seemed like an exaggeration and now that i'm there it's it's triple to quadruple the stage time i'll do i'll do as many spots on a on a saturday night than i would all week in la i mean like three spots on a saturday night is a very slow saturday for me in new york well like the last show we did together was at uh that redondo beach uh it was our hermosa manhattan beach up on the rooftop yeah with and, the strippers uh, <laughs> Well, there were strippers there that night, right? Yes, they didn't were. watch the show, but they sure were loud outside of it. But like, uh, I think I had another show uh, a couple hours later. But that to do two shows in LA, you have to drive, right? You know, a fair amount usually. Which uh, is why I moved to West Hollywood because I was like, oh, you have the three clubs right there. Right. I'll get past it all three in the first year. <laughs> but you should be past it all three. Like, uh, you know, you talk about Jeselnik, you know, being like, it, it, even by his own words, a, a smaller fish in the LA pond. Like, you, you're on t TV multiple things and, and uh, headlining all over the country. Like, what's funny is I feel, I feel like kind of a big fish in New York. Right. In New York, I can, I can, I have. I I don't want to sound. Uh, I apologize if any of this sounds arrogant, but in New York, I I get to do as much stand-up as I want. Right. If I want to do this many spots, if I go and email people and ask, I can typically get it. Um, but I, mean, I, I like to do like two sets a night. I'm not right. like a crazy, uh, like a maniac, like a five spots a night kind of Mark Norman type. But uh, yeah, the move to New York was, because my girlfriend and I were dating distance, LA and she Austin. She was in, okay, she was, she was in, in Austin. Austin and she, is, she was very understanding of my career ambitions. And she says, now you, you, I know you love this thing you do and you want to do this. What cities can you do it in? I said, it's only LA or New York. She goes, which do you prefer? I said, you know what? I'm, because I'm restricting you so much, I'll let, wh wherever you find a better job between those two, because she was retiring from swimming at that point. I said, wherever you find the better job or the job you like more, I'll be there. And she ended up getting a way better offer in New York. So I uh, moved to New York with her. Um, it was a little scary, um, but. Cause very they, quickly paid off. Have very you ever, quickly. had you ever been there before? I'd visited plenty of times and I'd wanted to move there for years. But again, I was, I was too much of a coward. I was just like, yeah, I'll move eventually. Yeah, I want to live. And it was, it was starting to haunt me because I, I listened to interviews and I realized of my top 10 comedians, eight had come up in New York. Right. And I was like, it seems like you can't really be the kind of comedian I want to be without having lived in New York and just doing insane amounts of spots. And now I get to do that. But what's weird is when I come back to LA now, no matter how good I feel in New York, because I get pretty confident in New York because I can, I can, I feel like I connect well with most crowds there with, with my style of comedy. Um, when I come to New York, like I'll have this material that I think is so polished and ready in LA it just does not connect the way I like for it to. I mean, it's a weird, uh, you know, you're either in a room with a bunch of tourists who are kind of at the, the tail end of their trip in L.A. And the the worst tourists. Uh, yeah, they're like at the I, tail end of their trip. Right. And they're just there to say they went to the store, the factory, the improv. Right. Or it's an industry room, which is they're not they're not there to laugh. They're there. To, uh -huh. OK, how can we put this guy in a 
cartoon or whatever. Right. Uh, so it's very rare that you will. Uh, which is what I do love. The few times I've been on a Rogan show, or take a really young, hip crowd, yeah, that is, which is that his wants shows. to see something, which wants to see like Rami Youssef, like emotionally bare his soul while talking about like the most relevant issues, right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I've only done comedy in New York once, but I was like, wow, this is a five show. I mean, I did do the five show, yeah. and uh, they just want your jokes. They just want you to do a, just a tight ten. But you get paid for it too. You get a like, lot, yeah. Like I think on the, that one time I did it, I got paid on four of the five shows, and I was like, "This is amazing." And weekend spots are like a hundred around, or like close to a hundred most yeah. clubs, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and that was all due to Patrick Milligan of the Stand. Great Thank guy, you. great club. Stand is really good. Yeah, I mean, he's. And I know they just had a recent tragedy. Uh, one yeah. of the, I mean, that's God, that was uh, sad. Yeah, I didn't know him, but uh, I didn't either. Was he one of the owners or owners and one of the managers there? so but go if you're in new york the stand i know it's the stand in the cellar are they the the two top uh you know man you know what they're, they're they're all good to me i'm gonna i'm gonna endorse new york comedy club amy hawthorne is uh yeah they, they have great shows there and uh if you're on the upper west side uh stand up new york is a treat right and um yeah because i would i would plug the cellar they're very good to me but those shows sell out two weeks in advance so if you're a week yeah. out from a show you're not going to get tickets well I mean, try to get to the cellar it's quite an experience oh they're yeah all, they're all great i would say of those those four those are those are really good clubs and, and then go, go see them also i would when my friends come into town in new york i'm like go see an alt show go see a five dollar show at littlefield or union right. hall that's going to be a little more catered towards your interests whereas the clubs are just a, a, a bit broader it's more experienced comics if you want to just laugh really hard go to a new york comedy club but if you want to see something like kind of weird and cool all the alt shows are fantastic. Yeah, you'll see comics like uh, Brody Stevens, like it's Brody Stevens, like yeah. you know, just like that weird, like you know, energy. Uh, I like Brent Weinbach types because like oh, Brent Weinbach. Bad. No, like I don't know if anyone makes me laugh harder than Brent Weinbach. Oh, he's great. Yeah, it's just his demeanor. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, yeah, New York's just amazing. To what are your other favorite uh, cities or? Uh, I mean, I know Denver. You play uh, comedy works a lot. I just did my not a lot. I just did my first spot, my first weekend there because of yeah. I got it booked like two weeks out. I was thrilled. I've been wanting to do that one forever. That was a dream. That's really one of the best oh, clubs in the country. I Acme love that is owner. a great club. Um, Minnesota, yeah. Acme, Minneapolis, um, Comedy on State, Madison. Those aren't new names. If you're a comedy fan, I think two two clubs that don't get enough credit that I think are are in that tier of those type of clubs are. Um, um, the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase in Ann Arbor is is a really good club with really good comics and really well trained crowds. And then Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale. Yeah, I love Rooster Tea Feathers. Why? The crowds are very smart and very well behaved. They're smart but not too sensitive, which is a rare blend. And uh, it's well run. It's comics I love that they book there. It's this intimate room, um, and the shows are early. And they don't try to do two shows on Friday. It's just one nine o'clock show on Friday. And then it's like a seven and a nine thirty on Saturday. So you never deal with assholes. Right. I love that club. Yeah. Now, how do you uh, prepare a headliner set on the road? It's typically 45 to 45, an hour. 45 to 50. Is, not many clubs want me to do a whole hour anymore. Um, how do you prepare for that? Like, do you have your set jokes, like maybe from your special? And then you do you block off like 10 minutes for crowd work or i don't do crowd work so it's always i have <laughs> my my new hour or whatever it will be has 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 been shaping up over three years and in the past year 
I'm doing it without touching anything on my special. Right. I do. I still do my uh, my Tonight Show set because that's kind of a, uh, a a big part of the hour. But the hour has a has a a fun shape to it, which is nice. I'm getting to this point where it's all built around the it's it's four major tr- chunks that call back to each other and build on information you've learned in previous jokes. So I'm just always trying to. I've been doing uh, probably for a, a, at least like a year or two more. I'm going to keep doing that foundation and um, keep building it out. And there's always, so the first two quarters are going to be like this, the, you know, my, my, my stuff about me and my girlfriend. And then the next quarter is my, you know, the medicine chunk. And then that third quarter is where I'm always playing around with and trying out new jokes, whether they're one liners or just like short stuff. And then that that home stretch is like all my like Cajun Jewish Southern stuff, and that's that's how my uh, headliner sets typically go. And how do you handle? I imagine you're so fucking quick that hecklers are a breeze for you. But do you I'm ever not, get? Heckled? I'm not good with them. I don't get heckled very much, so luckily I just don't have to deal with it. But I'm not great with hecklers. Um, well, um, I would imagine they would not fare very well against you. Uh, I don't know. If I get angry, I lose. The second I get actually angry at a crowd uh it's it's not fun i'm not i'm not like i'm not lewis black i can't be like angry and funny when i'm angry everyone's just like fuck him right when i get when i get legitimately pissed off at someone it's just not fun to watch but if i can like it's i do go into a roast mode though if someone if if i sense any hostility of like and if the person's drunk especially because drunk people can weirdly take a joke better because they can't process it right i will rip into them (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'll uh, be like, I'm, I'm going to make every joke at your expense. I'm, I'm pissed off, and this crowd's going to love watching me make fun of you, uh, even though it's a thing I don't like to do. I'm usually not proud of when I do it, but I mean, I yeah. had that happen last night. Uh, Where I was opening for Dr. Ken and the Paula Casino, mm. and it's uh, just probably more people I've ever, I've never been in front of so many people. Uh, Is that a new gig? Uh, no, I think it's, I think I did it uh, a couple years ago with Schneider, but uh, I'm sorry, I was working with. Dr. Ken Anu. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, um, he has his usual openers, uh, Kevin Shea, okay. who's brilliant, and uh, Fraser Smith. Uh, yeah. But I think he wanted to spend a little more time with me just to go over, you know, some of the roast jokes and whatnot. Uh, but there was a guy sitting in the high roller. You know, they leave the first two rows uh, open for the high rollers just to come in and out, you know. And uh, there was a guy spread across four chairs. He, his face was so red from booze. Was he Asian? Uh, no, he was like white. Uh, oh. Looked like uh, it takes a lot for a white guy to have a red face from drinking. Oh my god, this guy looked like Sam Elliott in Roadhouse, like <laughs> just but with more alcohol face. And uh, you know, I, I had to be pretty mean to him to shut him down. I did go into like roast battle mode, and he yeah. took it pretty well. Yeah, those people just like being the center of attention, positive or negative. If you're a heckler, you don't discern between good and bad attention. So, well, I think some, most want just the att- acknowledgement. Um, hey just say hey give me a shout out or whatever uh but some i've seen some with their girlfriends i had it happen maybe about a month ago in the main room at the store where this guy was with a pretty hot chick and he's like i'm gonna show this guy on stage who's funnier and it's like yeah very well yeah Uh, and then of course he after came up to me goes, hey we were great up there i'm like no we weren't no that's that always happens this is a, a, a remarkably common phenomenon is uh Whenever you get into someone who's drunk and disruptive at the show, ah, it's all it's it's more often a woman in my experience right. because for whatever reason, and you, they'll, they'll you'll be angry at them. You'll you'll get off stage being like 
God, that, that messed up the show. That messed up my jokes. I had to be mean to someone. And even, even if you fixed it, you get off stage and then that person darts up to you. Be like, wow. Right. I'm like, yeah. I hate you. Like, yeah. I don't, if you were a man, I'd fight you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm trying to like, you paid to be they, here. They were, ha- they, they were just thrilled to be part of it. They didn't, they didn't see it as a negative encounter. Yeah. So, but it's a negative encounter for the 10 people sitting behind the guy or girl. Uh, so one time uh, I hooked up with a heckler. <laughs> good for you. Is this at the comedy store? Speaking of which. No, no, this was not. This was on the road years ago. Well, that could, things can happen on the road. Things can happen on the road. This the road is, it, is it hard? I mean, I know you and your girl are so locked in, uh, like, uh, I mean, there's temptation on the road. Not even just. Not for me. Not just sexually, but like drugs, booze. uh. There there are two things. I hear people's stories and I don't relate to them. And I think there are two factors. I am not, for some reason, something about my act does not make me fuckable. I am, I think I give off like a good boyfriend vibe. Right. But because of, because I am so prim and proper and put together, I'm not the kind of girl a guy looks on stage be like, I'm going to fuck him tonight. She's like, I'm going to marry him in 10 years maybe right. but like i'm not like uh he's gonna crystalia and like show me the business kind of thing i'm not that kind of dude and i don't i don't drink i don't i'm not a drinker Have i'm not a partier ever had a- no i'm not i'm not like a sober i i tried to be an alcoholic right. in college i tried to drink i was bad at it and the second i got a girlfriend i was like why would i do that and uh i like we i like going i like at my worst, I like getting high and watching cartoons in my my hotel room and masturbating. That's about the extent oh. of of my debauchery. I like to wake up and go for a hike or work out or go draw, or I like to sit around. My favorite thing after a show is just to talk comedy with a bunch of comedians. Right. I'm not I'm not a party guy. I'm not saying I don't have my vices, but that that's just not one of them. So temptation's never really been a big issue for me. Well, just to let you know the uh, the background that Matt comes from. Now, I'm cheating by looking into your biography. I wonder where, which biography is that? The Gersh one. Uh, oh, sure. It's probably uh, years out of date. He he literally grew up in a house of smart people. Dad was a PhD chemist. Mother has a master's degree in microbiology, and his brother is a mechanical aeronautical engineer. You studied mechanical engineering. I said applied math. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, but focused on mechanical engineering. I like math a lot. That was that was my strong suit. Yeah. So not many comics have that background. More than you'd think, but not many put it in the forefront. <laughs> Tammy Obeid also has an applied math degree. Uh, Matt Kirshen has a math degree. I guess that's it. <laughs> Do you think you, uh, like the smarter comics, like the book, like obviously you're incredibly book smart. Uh, does that help or hurt you in comedy? Because like... Uh, you know, it depends. You, you overthink maybe sometimes on a simple premise because you're so used to delving into mathematics. No, I, I no, I, I I like to break down a joke, and you know, I like to think of what's the funniest thing to say. Sometimes I wish I was a little more abstract in my my thought process because I'm I'm kind of so linear. Sometimes I'm like, well, where does this premise take me? And you know, typically a good joke goes somewhere zany. So I'm not right. good at the absurdity, the Eugene Merman type. Like, we'll just just go to a weird place. I'm like, well, let's tie it together. Let's 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 wrap it up, pull all the strings together, and put a bow on it. That's how I like to write typically. Um, and I try to write clever, which not every joke should be clever. So sometimes I feel like that. And then I I I, I my fear is that I'm coming off um, like I'm trying to teach and be pretentious and show off my knowledge. Because it's okay to be a smart comedian, but I don't think it's okay to be like, I'm here to show you how smart I am. Right. Which is why my album was called Pedantic. Because if I thought if there's any criticism of me that's 
uh, that I'm already very aware of and agree with is that I am that. Sometimes right. I feel like I'm just trying to show off. Like, um, and I, I don't like that about myself. And I know you got to get going because you're busy. <laughs> Matt's the only guy who's like busy with industry like stuff a on party. a Sunday. Going to a pool party. Uh, well, it could be a Jay Davis pool party. Could make some connections. <laughs> I saw him last night. Um, he's like uh, he's like Angeline of LA comedy. He's everywhere. Uh, when you, how do you write a joke? Like from the standpoint of like uh, when you're thinking of new material, like uh, does a thought pop into your head? Do you read an article? Maybe you're watching. A, a, uh, I thought usually a thought pops in my head. Conversations is where I get the most jokes. Like I'll just say something like off the cuff in a conversation. I'm like, that's funny. I should use that somewhere because I feel like I'm more clever when I'm talking to people. But I'll get an idea in my head from wherever, from talking, from reading, from from listening, um, or from like reading Twitter. Um, but Twitter is a gold mine. Gold mine. And it, weirdly, I'll get inspired by other people's jokes, and that's not like stealing. I'm like, well, this person's writing about this. So what's a, what's another angle on this whole idea? Um, and, uh, I, I try to be constantly absorbing. So I try to listen to a lot of books and a lot of podcasts and a lot of information because you never know when one little detail becomes a huge premise Sure, is it's never, it's never for me, it's never the big overarching obvious thing that becomes the joke. It's one minute detail right. that catches my eye. And I try to expand off that. And the more knowledge you have on a subject, the more you can write on it. And I, I like writing about academic subjects because it's a place not many people try to go. Mm. Most people find it very strange right now with all this controversy, people are chasing controversy. And it's, it's left these, these, these big uh, depositories of, of good material unmined. And it's like, well, if I'm trying to stay over here in like the funny, silly, interesting area uh, while everyone's going after... <laughs> trans rights and, right. and 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 kids in cages uh like I, I i'm trying to focus on keeping it silly and light because i feel like not as many people are doing that right now and there's a, a still a strong demand for that well, so, i just think that when you go after those issues you're going to lose half the crowd right but in their in in that their defense the people when people do that well it's so amazing to watch it's bill oh, Burr's yeah. whole career is let's pick the most uncomfortable subjects and make them funny yeah, no. To me, I want to pick the most mundane subjects and make them funny. I just try and talk about the stupidest things that I like. I love that. I love stupid. I love if you can make That's a joke not- about something that is on, on its face, like yawn-inducing, boring. I'm all for it. Well, I just have such a love of uh, like bad music that I, I try and joke about. Like with younger crowds, they don't know who the band Rat is. <laughs> But they see the enthusiasm. I can picture what that means, yeah. Oh, I mean, they're just, they, you know, they're my favorite band, which probably speaks more about me than them. Uh, they can see your enthusiasm. Th- yeah, they like, and it took me probably a decade. You know, I used to pander, and okay, people were talking about Harvey Weinstein. I'll do jokes about that or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever. And then I'm like, I'm going to talk about stuff I like, even though I'm an older guy to most younger crowds. And hopefully they like my enthusiasm for the subject. And, right. Uh, so it took that's me. that's a big thing of if 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 it's clear to them that this excites you right that's what matters most yeah whereas if you're doing something that's exciting to them but boring to you it's not gonna work i'm just pan you know i used yeah. to like you know if the michael jackson documentary came out seven eight nine years ago i would have done jokes about it even though i'm not like a huge fan of his mm-hmm. uh just you know like shitty 80s metal right but yeah. now everyone's doing an r kelly joke uh yeah, exactly. Why? And 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 maybe it's my own insecurity, but I'm like, if 
like 20 to 30% of the comedians in New York are trying to do R. Kelly jokes. What are the odds that I'm going to find something interesting in that? Right. But the odds are I'm going to be, I'm going to use a joke that someone else has and right. I loathe that. Uh, and, and even if I do make it interesting, then it's going to be controversial. I can't do it at clubs without alienating people or right. I, I don't know. I don't want to upset people. If some people are just going to get offended because they suck. But if, if I'm not try like if I'm trying to upset people and they get upset, that's on me. I there's something you're Oh, that's I talked about like doing educational subjects. I also think what's been nice about roast battle for me, and this is kind of something you said earlier of like, I like to come out realize self-deprecation right. isn't just some cheap tool. I took an acid trip and realized that self-deprecation is a way of making other people feel less alone. And because I am perceived as a kind of a high status figure in our current culture, I'm perceived as someone who has a lot of advantages built in. To, you do. I do. And for me to tear myself down really makes people feel better. Oh, absolutely. It really is doing the crowd a favor. So when they're laughing at me, I'm making them feel better about themselves. So I try to look at comedy as a roast battle against myself. Oh, that's, I agree with that. Like, that's why I love, I mean, I'm very loyal to roast battle for what it's done to me. Uh, yeah, I love, me. I love a joke that would work as a battle. If someone, if someone said it against me, it would work. That's, right. that's kind of one of my favorite jokes. I like to roast battle myself and my act. Yeah. Uh, because I do think you can, you know, someone's depressed in the audience. You talk about your depression. You know, oh, I'm not alone. You make them feel less alone. Yeah. Whereas Comedy like, is, a, it's it's a good deed on some level. <laughs> like roast battles sometimes. Sometimes. It can be like, well, you're a whore. Uh, yeah. And, uh, roast battle is just getting to see, it's porn. It's getting to see people say what you're not allowed to. Well, I remember, I was, I forget what girl I was battling, but Eliza was one of the judges. And she's very, uh, I guess, I don't know if you call her a feminist, but uh, uh, this particular girl had, you know, fucked a fair amount of dudes in the room. So I had some, like, you're a whore type jokes. And she's mm -hmm. like, you can't call a woman that. But I'm like, Eliza, she's fucked seven guys in this room. Like, like <laughs> and she voted for her anyway. But, uh, you know, hey. That happened at a roast battle. I was judging a roast battle a couple of weeks ago. And in like, new york here and were you there for that i don't think i was uh on the second joke some like drunk old swedish from him uh was in the audience and and uh jeff was judging and she he made some joke joke about the female participants boobs being i don't know distracting and she goes sexist sexist you're just talking about her look sexist and everyone's like lady this is a roast battle yeah. I remember I said that on stage. She was like, she stood up and started shouting. I said, roast battle isn't sexist. It's sexist, racist, homophobic, <laughs> xenophobic. It's everything. And that's why we're all here. Because we get to do that under the condition that we're all okay with it. Oh, yeah. That's what I love about it the most. I think it's my favorite, uh, whatever the right word is for roast battles. That everyone who walks up those stairs, they're treated the same for those 40 minutes yeah. we're up there like Chappelle is no better than an open micer right like, in terms of Chappelle's gonna shit on him uh, you know Moses can shit on Chappelle I can shit on Jeff you can shit on me and, and it's you can like, shit on him for whatever yeah there's, there's the argument to made of people like oh well here's the thing if like if you're sexist or racist or what all any of those ists right. in a roast battle I'm I'm disappointed less for the hatred, more for the lack of creativity. Right. If you just call a girl a whore, 
there is probably a smarter angle. Not you particularly, but anyone. If you just make fun of it was like someone's black and be like, Ugh, crime. Right. Get into a more specific thing. Make fun of them for a thing that you couldn't use on someone else. A good good roast joke can only be used against that person. Right. Can't be Absolutely. used for any black person or any trans person or any Jew or any white guy. Like that's that's what I want to see. So I'm disappointed for the lack of artistry, not for the racism. Yeah, I, I know. that's what roast battles. Yeah. Is. I mean, like when I was doing that heckler guy, you know, which was like the Archie Bunker of the show, and now Cena, my friend, does it as the Saudi prince. Uh, he's but, so good. Oh, he writes volume. Fuck, he's funny. Like I would improv my stuff there just because of that. Well, I got to see what happens in this battle, and uh, I mean, probably the the biggest. I almost quit comedy after Jim Carrey came up to me because no one got what I was doing. I was just doing a parody of Archie Bunker, like mm. a, a buffoonish, a buffoonish racist. Like, obviously, Moses isn't going to have an actual racist as a side. <laughs> and, yeah, then it wouldn't be funny. Yeah, it would be just be absurd. And Jim Carrey came up to me, he just walked by me, he said, hey, Archie, where's Edith? And I'm like, uh, he got it within. Wow, congratulations. 20 seconds of seeing the show, he like, that's how brilliant his fucking mind is. So, uh, Matt Broussard, we're at the perfect time for people to say, I want to hear more. Well, guess what? You will hear more when Matt comes back. Hell yeah. We could blast it out right now for two hours, and then, oh, he never needs to come back. <laughs> Where can people... First of all, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me, Earl. I've been wanting to do this for a while, so... Well, I just figure you're so fucking busy. Well, you are busy that I, I'm almost embarrassed to ask people of your schedule like well they don't have time to come to my house and uh, i invited myself on this podcast i i messaged you saying i'm coming in town i would like to do your podcast oh, i mean let I that was, be known that may and i apologize for the uh humidity in the house it's, oh i'm good I'm yeah great. but uh where can people find you at monday punday on twitter and instagram you can also check out my web comic at monday punday and then my tour dates are on that site i will be in uh philly philly punchline october fourth uh no third and then fourth and fifth at the dc comedy loft come check it out keep it crispy and watch uh the alec baldwin roast which matt is writing on and i'm helping the good doctor and there's a super funny comics right sarah tiana connor mcspadden uh willie hunter uh, i'm sure tony hinchcliffe is uh i don't know exactly everyone but uh it's really gonna be fun you got alec baldwin caitlin jenner uh, Dr. Ken, Blake Griffin, Chris Red, uh, and someone who we may or may not be able to name at this moment. Well, we already did it. Uh, so enjoy that. Uh, leave a review for Inappropriate Earl and Apple Podcasts. It helps. And uh, thank you, Matt, again for doing this. And we will see you next week with Cena, actually, the Saudi prince from Roast Battle. <laughs>